there. Hi, welcome to the second week of the Finance Burrito series of bonus apps. I'm going to call them bonus yeah. just because they're like a little tidbits. And look, it's Tom. Oh. It's Tom, my co-host, and I'm Liv. Hey, Liv. Sorry, I butted in like really early there because <gasps> oh I was God, so excited about the bonus episode. <laughs> yeah, bonus, baby. And for those of you listening out there who perhaps haven't tuned in before, my name is Liv G and I am a financial writer at mozo.com.au, which is a financial comparison site. And I work alongside Tom there, um, who's also a financial journalist at Mozo. Okay. So this is where we look back over the last week of finance news, isn't it? Just to remind myself. Yeah, that's correct. And, we, you know, we're taking a break from our uh, sustainability and finance series, uh, which uh, I would recommend go checking mm-hmm. out if you haven't already. Um, and, you know, to take a break by catching up on the latest news, um, mm. which I'm excited to do because I, I love chatting about news because I'm really interested. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, just just show how how widely read you are. It's great. Um, let's get into it. Here are the hot topics in Moneyland. Okay, I'm going to start off with uh, two like relatively fluffy news stories. Um, I'll leave the hot as long as it's interesting. So <laughs> okay, okay. So this story actually caught the eye of our producer Claire, and mm. it was originally published in Business Insider Australia. Um, at least the edition that she saw uh so anyway first of all Liv did you ever watch the film The Big Short you know what I did I actually did when I started working at Mozo because I decided that that's something I needed to know about um (laughs) and (laughs) I started watching it um but I did fall asleep in the middle which is not a, a, a diss on the show I fall asleep in movies all the time and then I sort of kept watching and tried to rewind to where I thought I got and so then I was a little bit confused about some of the technical details right. of it, but I, I get the gist of it. Okay, almost. that's good. Um, yeah, because I'm not going to explain it. So if you haven't okay, watched cool. it, I'd say <laughs> go watch it. But- Next step, we're going movie night. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so there's a uh, there's a character in that film uh, called Michael Burry, and he was played by Christian Bale, and he's a, a real person, mm-hmm. and he's essentially <gasps> the guy who predicted the 2008 housing bubble which caused the little hiccup which was known as the gfc if you remember that yeah global financial crisis that is i think i was one. in year eight so it didn't necessarily I, I wasn't paying a huge amount of attention which is fair but, enough um, yeah. so anyway michael burry has been making some new predictions of late mm. uh for months he's been warning and tweeting um about another bubble uh with Bitcoin and also criticizing the uh, the hype and speculation around stocks like Tesla, as well as the whole circus um, with GameStop and Robin Hood. If you've been following mm. that, um, so yes, he's he's been saying a lot. And my favorite tweet of uh, his recently, which I, I think he's actually gone and deleted these um, all of them off his actual oh, Twitter. That is, but you can you can find them out wherever you need to. Um, so he said, "People say I didn't warn last time." I did, but no one listened. So I warned this time, and still no one listens. But I will have proof I warned. Well, not if you deleted your tweets, you won't have No, proof. that's true. <laughs> so um, so I guess the big thing, what does this mean for you? Um, you know, we're no uh, share trading experts on this podcast or investing experts, but, you know, the man got it right last time. So if you do hold Tesla or Bitcoin or any of the other stocks or coins that uh, he's mentioned recently and, uh, you know, also that you care what he says, then uh, maybe you should go find his tweets and have a read. 
quick yeah, smart. Yeah, see what the future holds. Yes. Bloody hell. Bit of a crystal ball. Definitely. What's your next one? Uh, okay, so my <laughs> second one is even fluffier than that. And it's also got a link to uh, to Twitter. So uh, It's a busy place, that Twitter land. Now that now that Trump's uh, off elsewhere, um, yeah, there are other people we could hear void. about. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, so the second piece of news um, is pretty much as large as it gets, but I couldn't pass it up. So apparently it's now possible to sell a tweet or even a GIF. Did you know okay. that? No. Why would and why would you want one? I don't know. But why? Why? Why do we know this is possible? Okay. So over the weekend, Twitter's CEO Jack Dorsey announced that he would be selling his first ever tweet at auction to raise money for charity. So oh, that's nice. Get on it. Um, the highest bid so far is actually two point five million dollars uh, US. So you know, oh, not bad. You'd, ho- you'd hope he'd said something interesting, right? Uh, yeah. Okay. So yeah, I did. I did click the link to the tweet, and this is what he said. It's a you know, it's a real classic. So verbatim, just setting up my Twitter, and Twitter is spelt without any vowels. What? Why? I, I don't know. Maybe was that the was character the character count like time. even shorter <laughs> yeah, then? It's literally when, twenty when, characters. <laughs> when was it posted? Uh, this is back in March two thousand six, so ages Oof. ago. Um, wow. So I believe that option is still live. If you want to uh, go get yourself a piece of internet history, um, however Look, you actually obtain that, yeah. <laughs> um, and that actually follows up another similar piece of news from a couple of weeks back, um, which was the sale of the famous. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, I can't believe I actually say this. Okay, so you remember that the Nyan cat. Gift like the the like nyang 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 yeah the cat going yeah. through space with the rainbow yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so someone so the creator of that actually sold it back in February for four hundred and fifty thousand US dollars. Great. Uh, I mean, like selling it. Does that just mean no one else in the world can use it? I I don't know. Or, I don't know. So we have stocks in the nyang cat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to go and find out how that works, uh, then you're very welcome to because, yeah. Uh, yeah, I do not understand. But I understand so, that it sold for that much, which is, you know, that seems like a wild. lot of money. Wild. What, is this, what's, what does this mean for the everyday Joe and Joanne? I mean, for the everyday Joe and Joanne, probably not a lot unless you have the money sure. to buy some very expensive virtual items. Uh, you know, but it's just it's interesting to think about it, Liv. Yeah, it's pretty wild. And, I mean, speaking about wild purchases – for me, where I am in my life, property houses feel like a wild purchase that might oh, feel out of reach. We're getting at the more moment. serious, are we? Liv? We're getting more serious. Um, we are. So, um, my first tidbit of news uh, came out on International Women's Day, which was on Monday this week. Mm-hmm. So, a little bit timely. So, CoreLogic, which is like a data insights company with a bit of a focus on property uh, and real estate, they released a report into property ownership, which unfortunately, unsurprisingly, showed that women are behind in the race for property ownership. So, there are around um, of the of the properties that they surveyed, around 3.7% are less owned by exclusively females. So, we're right. 3.7% behind. And it made a pretty clear link from, uh, from this to the, the wage gap causing inequality in wealth accumulation, which in turn makes it harder to enter the market. Um, and so they made a fun little calculation, fun, mm, sad, sad for women, um, <laughs> that showed women would need an additional 
10 months to save for a 20% deposit on the average Australian home in 2021s on the average value. And that's just based on people who are working full time and doesn't consider the part-time workforce, which is made up of like, I think it was like 65, 67% female Mm. female workforce. So, it's sort of, it's a a bit of a downer on International Women's Day, but something that, you know. It's important to highlight still, right? Important to highlight and and something that's, you know, uh, continued for eons considering the sort of traditional roles that women will often play in the household, be that caretaker roles, childcare roles, more unpaid domestic work, the the, the carrying of babies in wombs, you know, puts us a bit stuff. behind. And I think mm. at at the end of the day, the the report was just kind of like, you know, we need a better setup for things like superannuation and, and maternity leave when we're when we're looking at how to how to sort of bridge that gap in in wage growth. So yeah, what does that mean for the average uh female identified person out there basically means if you're a woman uh, it statistically shows you're on the back foot when it comes to getting into the property market Mm. which is a bummer because of wages and wealth accumulation and all those all those big ideas Uh, obviously doesn't apply to everyone but um yeah for those that it does it would be great to see and it sort of it has to be on a on a broader governmental kind of scale that we make those changes that would be really nice i think wow I mean, yeah, a, a, a lot more serious and uh, genuine than, yes. than my news stories live. Uh, I that's mean, for sure. Maybe it, we should have started with yours, actually. <laughs> no, you want to go. Mm, you want to ease into it. You don't want to be confronted with with the uh, the awful facts of life quickly. That is true. But I mean, I think you also have to. You got to end the day on something that's a little bit more fun. Oh, good. Okay. Right. Um, which I have decided is something called. Or being proposed to be called Fab Friday. Oh, what is this? What's a Fab Friday? What is a Fab Friday? Well. I've never had one of those. <laughs> so, in uh, Melbourne, the occupancy rate for offices in the CBD is only at twenty four percent, which is really low. So, in February, it was twenty four percent, compared to almost fifty percent in Sydney and upwards of sixty percent in other CBDs around the country. Yeah, I so mean, like we can tell from Sydney that things are pretty busy at yeah, least compared to back. what they were. It's, things are coming back. Yeah, um, but not in Melbourne. It, no, likely connected to the the, the double whammy lockdowns yeah, that they enough. had in the last six months has been pretty massive. But basically, um, this has been suggested by the Property Council of Australia um, that on Fridays, everyone working in the CBD should officially be able to knock off at 4 p.m. so they can go out in the CBD, be doing things, be spending money, bringing life back to that area to sort of like revive the economy there. And, um, you know, while that's great for the economy, it's also fun for anyone working in uh, metropolitan Hey, yeah, because- uh, this is a, it is a fabulous idea. I'm 100% yeah. behind this idea uh, and it should be brought up to Sydney. Yeah, totally. Well, I was saying earlier that um, both the places I've worked at, so at Mozo and my old job, sort of have had policies around this where it's like either, yeah, at, at 4 p.m. on Friday you, you start having a beer or you sort of head out or it's sort of like you do your fun jobs and the silliness ensues. So I sort of am like, yeah, maybe that's a bit of a bit of a trend we'll see 
beyond Melbourne, but it would be great to like have it be official. Be like, sorry, boss, I gotta go. I gotta go spend some cash. <laughs> so is is that the gist? Is that what it means for these uh, yeah, these Melbourne that's workers? That's pretty much what it means. Get their um, out. They could officially start the weekend earlier, but uh, just you know, full disclosure, the timeframes for it actually going ahead haven't been set. And I don't know if it would be an indefinite trend. That's yes, this is a, a this is a proposal, not an official uh, mandate. Yeah. No. So I mean, uh, keep, keep your eyes out so you can be ready on the ball to start the weekend sooner. Basically, I love it in Melbourne. What a what a good way to end the uh, end the episode. So um, yeah, party know, time. Those are the those are the big headlines of the week. I think you know. Yeah. <laughs> the only headlines you need to know about. In That's fact. all. Uh, anyway thanks guys so much for joining us today um hope you enjoyed it and uh be sure to check out your podcast feeds again next thursday um Mm -hmm. when we'll be dropping the latest episode in our sustainability series um and this episode is all about ethical shopping so check it out um there's also a great interview in there as well so yeah uh look forward to uh being back in your ears then Bye. Just remember, as Mozo writers, we're providing general financial product information. So we're not taking into account your specific financial situation, needs, or personal objectives. We are not recommending any specific product to you. The best advice we can give you is to make your own financial decisions or seek out independent advice. This podcast was brought to you by mozo.com.au.